Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Mugwon Tower, Mugwon Tower, this is Albatross 13, requesting permission to land. Over. I don't need a computer to tell me how to land a damn airplane. Six. Heads up display, check. Five. Lasers, check. Four. Particle beam, check. Three. Proton bolts, check. Two. Chair control, check. One. Let's do it. Broadcasting from a secret underground location somewhere in Moss Eisley, this is the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Make yourself comfortable. The show is about to start. Hello, welcome to Docking Bay 77 Podcast. I am your host, Dayton Johnson, and on this episode, we're going to set the Wayback Machine to 1992. To talk about one of my favorite records for the 90s. It just had an anniversary last month. And I'm not going to tell you what it is just yet. Before we do that, I'm going to introduce our guests. And joining us once again, Scott Hoffman. How are you doing, Scott? Hey, great. Thanks for having me back. And for the first time, it's kind of a family affair. We have Scott's wife, Katie. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Absolutely. I am so excited to have on a fan of this particular record. And we are talking about one of my favorite debut records from this particular, well, from any artist. Uh, we are talking about Tor Amos's debut, Little Earthquakes. Uh, before we get into the, uh, you know, the specifics of the record and things like that, um, for all those listening, uh, do us a favor, like, subscribe, follow, rate and review on your favorite podcast app. All that helps us out. And also, if you want to reach out to us, interact with us, we are on Twitter at DockingBay77Pod. We are on Facebook, DockingBay77Podcast. And you can also send us an email at DockingBay77Podcast at gmail.com. Okay. So, Scott and Katie, how did you guys come to find this record? You go first. Oh, you want me to go first? <laughs> uh, I actually, that, that that's a good question. Um, I think I probably first heard Tori on the radio. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that the first song was uh, Silent All These Years was probably mm. the first one that kind of caught my attention. Right. And uh, I was hooked pretty early. And then uh, I worked at Musicland. So another Sam Goody person. Uh, another Musicland so- family member. All right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, I had uh, a friend I worked with there who who was a big Tory fan. So I think that kind of um, made me even more of a fan because we had that in common. And mm-hmm. it's kind of an unusual, not maybe unusual, but I feel like Tory is sort of a you either lover or hater. And if if you don't get hooked, then 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 maybe she's not for you. But, right. uh, you know, having someone really, really enjoy her. I think just made me even more of a fan. And then little earthquakes is uh, for, for me, probably my favorite only because it's the way I discovered Tori. So there's nothing that's really quite replaced this album. Uh, Even though I love all the other, you know, this one is, is just, it's the first and my favorite probably. No, I completely understand. How about you, Scott? Yeah, I'm probably, um, I'm probably fitting in the, the, uh, the classification of a uh, more of a casual Tory fan. Okay. <laughs> um, because I feel like I'm going to have all the, you know, the vanilla answers, but uh, 
I'm sure that the first time that I discovered uh, this was MTV, uh, right. the Crucify video. Um, I think it's one that really kind of kind of summarizes everything about this that I think about this album, even to the extent that it uh, echoes the the cover art, right? Okay. Because she, if I remember correctly, she kind of just walks onto a empty white field where it's just her and a piano. Right. Um, but that really stuck with me. I mean, it was all the visuals, but it was also just the um, kind of that nonstop rhythm of the song uh, that pulled me in. So, um, and I'm sure it was in those early days when uh, <laughs> uh, things like um, uh, Music Land and you've got all these, you know, this new uh, teenage budget that you can kind of spend. <laughs> and I was like, I like that one song. I'll buy the entire CD. Um, and I'm glad I did because yeah. uh, it's got a lot of depth and it's obviously stuck with me for a while. Right. Okay. So, um, yes, my first uh, interaction, how I discovered her basically, uh, let's remember when um, late, late night talk show hosts were really cool. And uh, <laughs> I was, you know, flipping the channels and Dennis Miller. Remember when Dennis Miller actually had a oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. link of an eye. Okay. So, um, there I was, and he announced his musical guest, and I had never heard of her at this point. So it was just her, a piano, and she starts playing silent all these years. Uh, I went stupid. I <laughs> just, just the way she played, the way her, her expressions, uh, it was like, even though there was a crowd of people there, I felt like she was literally just singing to me. Right. And I just yeah. couldn't, I almost, I barely blinked. I was just like, what am I seeing? And the next night she was on Letterman. Same thing. I was just like, I cannot believe how much I'm getting from this song. A girl, a piano, her, her lyrics, you know, I'm a child of the eighties. So I grew up watching heavy metal videos, hard rock videos, and of course, you had the you know girls wearing practically nothing and right. sex being sold everywhere. And with her, it was different. It was more sensual. It wasn't like she was trying to seduce you. It was just I'm putting myself out there. If we, you, you you can relate to me, great. And I totally just fell for her. Yes, I had a crush. I'm not gonna lie. I was just <laughs> like I I would I would have run ran away with her at that moment. And a few months later, I bought the CD. And been I've actually bought this well. Not bought. I've owned it five times. <laughs> so <laughs> the first one I bought, and then uh, with my first wife, we got divorced. She took it. I was bummed. So I bought it again. <laughs> I let a friend borrow it. He was in a car accident. The CD got ruined. So he bought oh. me another one. <laughs> so now, between those two, I actually made a copy of the first one. So I had a copy for a while. So then I get the one he replaces the broken one. Then I still have that one. And then the vinyl came out, a remastered, you know, nice 180 gram vinyl remaster. So I had to buy that. So now that's my fifth copy of the record. So wow. Yes. I it's um, yes, I love it. So I'm picturing somewhere in your house there's like a, a bookshelf with kind of like a catcher in the rye kind of thing going on. <laughs> you have stacks and stacks of little information. Why you do you keep buying this? this one. <laughs> I keep buying it because it's important. It's important. <laughs> it's it's interesting you bring up the the talk show appearances though, uh, because yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. Like uh, there always was that kind of personal performance, right? Yes. She would always look into the camera, and you felt that very 
very much there is kind of that one-on-one personal experience watching her play. It is kind of funny though. I, I, I feel like one of the things I associate with Tori is that most times when she would be on things like Letterman or something like that, and they'd ask kind of, you know, dumb questions and she was having none of it. Like, right. I feel oh, yeah, like I know, every right? appearance, she was kind of like, um, she's like kneeling the uh, the host to be like, well, what, why would you ask that kind of question? Right. That's really a, a interesting thing to say. And yeah. so like, oh man, I feel uncomfortable for them, but yeah, right. I do better. Well, it's because she was smarter than they were, but anyway. Exactly. <laughs> we're not going to get into those talk show hosts because, you know, you know, whatever. So anyway, yeah, I was curious. Have uh, have you guys uh, seen her live before? Yes. Yeah. yeah yes. Uh, I, I've seen her twice. I don't, I think Scott's only gone once, maybe. Yeah, just once. Um, okay. But yes, it's been a number of years, but yeah, we, we've, we've both seen her live and yeah, yeah there's, there's nothing quite like, a, a, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. You can be in a you know, when uh, she's one person on a stage or, or one person among a few and uh, you're surrounded by thousands of people perhaps, but it, it does really feel like it's just her. And I love the fact that at least, I mean, I've only seen her twice, but the two shows were very different from each other. It's like, she never has the same show twice. It's just, she's always, and I don't know how much of that is planned and how much of it is just last minute. She says, right. you know what, this crowd might like this song. And I just feel like, um, you know, her, her songs for me, uh, especially from this album, but most of them are like old friends. So right, when yeah. she brings out another song, it's like, oh, you know, as soon as the, the first few <laughs> chords, the whole place is like, oh, it's that one. And, you know, it's just usually there's kind of everyone gets really quiet and it, and it's just listening to a girl and her piano, or at least right. the early stuff. I mean, you know, she has more going on now, but at least the early stuff, it's just a, a girl and a piano and right. a single light usually. And it's just, it's very, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's intense, but it, it feels like it's just you. It, it's, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but <laughs> it's, it draws you right into that center state. Right. Like yeah. Right. One point. It's not like, like you were saying, you know, back in the the hair metal days, and I'm used to going to things like Metallica Black Album concert or right. Kiss or Aerosmith or something like that, and you're kind of looking all over the place if you're not banging your head. Versus this, that's very, again, personal, personal right. focused, and it's right. it's right there in the center. Yeah, um, I actually had seen her. I've seen her live before. I am going to see her in uh in May. She's coming to Cincinnati again at Taft Theater, so I'm super excited. Right. So it's be first time in a long time. I saw her. Oh, it was probably late nineties. She was touring with Alanis Morissette. Oh, okay. And Ooh, nice. Yeah. Right. So uh, I guess they were taking turns, you know, whoever, you know, hi, you know, headlines that particular evening. Um, but if, uh, she wasn't, uh, but she came out, she was great, but she didn't play a single song off this record. And I was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really not a single song. <laughs> I survived. It was okay. Like I said, it was a wonderful concert, but at the same time, I'm like, not a single song. Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, uh, Katie, you want to give us a little history on this wonderful artist? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, Tori was born uh, Myra Ellen Amos in, in 1963 in North Carolina. Um, she grew up uh, mostly in the Baltimore and Washington, D.C. area. Uh, and um, she was the daughter of a Methodist preacher, which 
is kind of important in her music. She began <laughs> playing the piano uh, at age two and then was um, at age four, she was singing and, and playing the piano in her father's church. And then um, at age five, she was the youngest admitted to the Peabody Conservatory for classical piano. Right. And then at age 11, she was the youngest to be asked to leave the <laughs> Peabody <laughs> Conservatory. But not for lack of skill. I think right. that's important. <laughs> yeah. She was kind of doing her own thing and they didn't she like was, that. <laughs> right. They didn't really like that she had her own opinions at age 11. Um, and then she played in bars uh, kind of throughout her teenage years, um, eventually ended up moving to L.A. And then in 1988, released uh, an album with a band called Why Can't Tori Read, right. um, which I, I supposedly is a, a kind of a joke because she doesn't like to read sheet music. So that was the you know, the nod to that, the why right. can't Tori read. Um, and that the, the time with the band was short lived and the Very album short, was, yes. was not uh, well received. It didn't go yeah. over too well. I don't think that's Tori's fault, but um, she decided to go out on her own in the early nineties with this album. Little earthquakes was her first. And then she has since uh, she sold millions of albums. She's been wildly successful, has um, received multiple awards. Uh, and, and one thing kind of unrelated, but I feel like I can't talk about Tori without mentioning, um, her work with rain, the, right. the rape abuse in, and incest national network, um, which supports survivors of, of sexual violence. And she was their first national spokesperson in 1994, and then has continued to be involved with them since drawing from her own experience, uh, of rape. And then, um, she's really been an inspiration for, for countless survivors and their families. Um, and now she spends most of her time in England with her yep. husband and her daughter, and she's still, she's writing, singing, performing, and just generally being amazing. Right. I think. Right. Yeah. Her, uh, <laughs> I actually do have her, I've waited, but I got the vinyl of her most recent album, ocean to ocean. Uh, yeah, the CD came out and the digital version came out before the vinyl did, which so I had to wait patiently. Oh, um, okay. And it was it's 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 really very 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 good as a first. It's her best record in a long time, and you could totally tell that the entire time during the pandemic she was writing. And right, these, yeah. these songs are it's very, you know, it's like hey, I'm gonna put all my effort into writing a record, and you can totally tell that she did. Right, right. Awesome. Well, thank you. That's wonderful. Yes. Oh, sure. All right, so let's get a couple of facts uh, for this particular record. Little Earthquakes was originally released in the UK in January, uh, January 6, 1992. A month later, it was released in the US. It was her first solo album. Uh, you already mentioned Why Can't Tori Read, uh, which I really want to try and find, if I, you know, see if I can find a copy of that, because I'm sure it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's, it's hard to, to find, apparently. Yeah, I think it's, she's maybe tried to bury it a little bit. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it's on the internet somewhere. somewhere. She has a similar bookshelf with all the copies. Right. There. She hoards them. The <laughs> right. Um, it did receive uh, both critical and commercial successes. Uh, in the UK, it did top out the charts at number 14. And in the US album charts, it hit number uh, 54. Uh, it has sold over 2 million copies uh, in the US alone. So making it a double platinum. The singles off the record included... Uh, me and a gun silent all these years uh china winter and crucify it's funny we mentioned silent all the years because it's one of my favorite songs anyway but 
uh, when our daughter was a baby, uh, to help her go to sleep, we made her a little, you know, CD, a little playlist, and it included Silent All These Years, Aww. along with um, uh, a song from uh, Evanescence and Sarah McLaughlin. So it was just okay. three songs that she always seemed to calm her down. So that when this was one of them. That's so. cute. Start her early. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Educate them early. Understand, you know, right. good music is important. So, all right, there we go. So uh, let's get into uh, track by track. Um, the first song, Crucify. Uh, what do you think about this one, Katie? Uh, well, Crucify, I mean, that's it's kind of been one of her um, you know, more popular, more famous, more, you know, I think I would imagine most people, if they were alive, at least in the <laughs> 90s, have heard this song. Got a desert in my mouth. My courage for you to sell now. I've been looking for a savior in these dirty streets. Looking for a savior beneath these dirty sheets. I've been raising up my hands, dropping over nail down. Just what God needs. One more victim. And I mean, as her, she typically is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly attention getting, you know, to hear like the, the words in it, like, why do we crucify or something like that's like, whoa, right. that, uh, you know, most of what <laughs> she talks about is, is kind of, I don't want to say controversial, but, but kind of just, you know, you yeah. don't really hear people sing like that, or at least yeah. at this point, maybe not as much. So, but uh, I don't know what, what are your thoughts on crucify? Uh, it's a great way to open the album. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. That, that first, I guess, needle drop, right. Um, right. just musically, the way that it opens, it sets a great tone for it, especially that, that first, um, I guess kind of that bass rhythm Yeah, that starts, uh, is a great way to kind of introduce it. Um, and it helps to kind of set the tone for the rest of the, the album because you know what kind of album this is going to be. It's going to be very insightful. It's going to be very deep. It's going to be very personal. And a little in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah. very much asking you to kind of like uh, listen to it again, because the first time you might be, you know, you're just experiencing it the first time. You're just kind of hearing the song and kind of maybe some of the, the lyrics will hook, but she's very much the kind of artist. And this is very much that kind of song where it makes you want to listen to it again with the um with the liner notes in your hand yeah right so that you can see like ooh, and listen for those little those little uh nuances that kind of come up and i think it turns into a, a different song every time you listen to it depending mm -hmm. on what kind of mood you're in and depending yeah. on what kind of catharsis you're getting from it yeah that's one thing about this record's uh probably especially at that point 
uh, in my abbreviated listening career, um, it was definitely one of the most personal albums I'd ever heard. You know, mm-hmm. uh, she kind of just put everything out there, and this is one of the, one of the songs. And uh, the lyrics are especially um, ear catching. I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, one of my favorites is I, you know I've been raising up my hands, drive another nail in. Uh, got enough guilt to start my own religion. I'm like, holy crap. Right. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Right? I love that line so much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And she's her lyrics. Like I said, sometimes they're just so obvious. And sometimes I'm kind of like, they're still awesome, but I don't understand what she's saying. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. This one I figured out this one. I got, you know, uh, <laughs> beating yourself up over, you know, over things and, you know, not achieving your goals and whatever, and just making yourself feel like, you know, crap. So right yeah so and i and i uh i think people can relate to that one it's probably one of the more relatable songs on the record right yeah. and i do love the thumping drums in this one you know the big banging drums so yeah oh, yeah yeah well and that that constant percussive you know um it's a non-stop run on the keys yeah on the piano like it it doesn't stop um which is a great flow and it comes up a lot again in the album yeah, it does. Other songs, but I love the way that she does that. Probably one of my favorite song, favorite songs on the record. So, all right, let's move on to "Girl." Uh, this one, you know, I I like it a lot, and but I'm still not 100 percent sure what it's about. <laughs> but I do. I, well, it's when you have lyrics like, "And I laugh as the violins fill with water, uh, screams from the bluebells can't make them go away." I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> but I still love it. You know, I it's one of those I'm kind of like I don't care necessarily what it's about. I'm just still listening and listening again and you know, I don't know, it just always has an impact on me and I specifically love the uh the strings they use during the chorus. It just adds a nice little element to uh, you know, to the song. Yes, the message for my way that 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 it ends with those strings too yeah uh that's a beautiful way to just kind of like um kind of flow into the silence between the tracks yeah that's true yeah it's like good like bookends the the strings on that like yeah i i think um that song at least for me and i i mean i i'm sure other people would say the same thing like i i would think anyone can kind of relate to that like that she's been everyone else's girl maybe one day she'll be her own like just you know pretending all this time and and you know maybe someday she'll she'll be her own person and not be who she thinks everyone else thinks she should be so right yeah there's a comment about the the white coats come in and to me after like going through it again recently and really kind of listening to lyrics it's almost like this person has driven herself crazy trying to be somebody being different people to everybody else it's almost like right. you know, she's just you know that could just be me reaching but that's kind of the feeling i got over the last couple of listens um 
Yeah. And the same, like sit in the chair and be good now. Right. The same sort of like, yeah, maybe that's what she was going for. There is. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something else that um, she does a lot of, obviously, since she does all the vocals, there's lots of layering of different vocal parts and in the very middle uh there's a wonderful layered part in there and and it just always resonates with me a lot and she just has such a great and interesting and personality in her voice i don't know there's something to it um it's not like anybody else's and so hearing nice layers uh with it always is a good thing yeah well and it's i don't know if there's any truth to it and it's (laughs) on one hand it's kind of like (laughs) I, w- I don't want to misrepresent what the song is actually about, but to a certain degree, it's kind of with this kind of album, it's okay to not absolutely get that right. Right. Because oh yeah. The thought is that it's a very, it's a very personal shared experience. So it's whatever you get out of it, mm-hmm. not having to know exactly what it's about with certain exceptions. But um, this one, like when you mentioned, like, why can't Tori read? There is that section of the song that kind of takes a different turn. Yeah. Right. Uh, it picks up a little bit and you hear her, uh, her own voice kind of layering on itself. Um, I don't know. There's, there's part of me that had thought it at certain points, maybe that's her kind of reflecting on those days. And it's kind of like, I have this kind of song that I'm singing. And at this point in my life, I was doing something that, that wasn't, it was right. for somebody else. It wasn't right. what I wanted to do. And then she comes back to, to form. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I know before she recorded this, after she had done why uh, Tori can't read, uh, she was in the studio and uh, Tracy Chapman was recording and Melissa Etheridge was recording and it kind of hit her like, you know, I can do my own thing. I don't have to do what I don't want to do. And uh, so, yeah, so that makes sense. She went out and decided I'm going to do my own thing and definitely did it with this record for sure. Anything else we want to say about that before we move on? No. Okay, cool. All right. So my favorite track for sure. And the one that uh, got me hook, line and sinker into her music is silent all these years. As many times as I heard this record, as many times I've gone through this particular song and any of her other songs, uh, the one lyric that always stands out to me is my screen got lost in a paper cup. Do you think there's a heaven where some screens have gone? Every time I hear that, I'm like, where did she come up with that? Because, Oh my God. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It's because sometimes you're just like, oh, that was easy. That that makes sense. Because sometimes you hear a song and you're like, these lyrics are so stupid or they're so, they don't mean anything. But man, I'm like, my scream got lost in a paper cup. I mean, it it's weird, but it means so freaking much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it, she's got that in common, I think, with uh, Alanis. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or said it's interesting you saw them. Uh, together because there's definitely uh, especially with some of her later work where it's just there's just volumes so you found a girl who thinks really deep thoughts what's so amazing about really deep thoughts boy you best pray that I bleed real soon how's that thought for you my screen got lost in a paper cup Think there's a heaven where some screams have gone I got 25 bucks and a cracker Do you think it's enough to get us there? Cause what if I'm a mermaid in these 
jeans of his with her name still on it. Hey, but I don't care, cause sometimes I said, sometimes I hear my voice, and it's been years. Silent all these years go by, will I still be waiting for somebody else to understand? Years go by. Well, I like uh, this song. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I've always kind of seen it as, uh, you know, it seems like in a relationship with someone who, who's being abusive. Um, and uh, I, I really love the uh, the mermaid in, in wearing jeans because jeans would oh, yes. be pointless on a mermaid. So uh, and then, you know, kind of almost like covering up this her mermaid, her ness, like her, you know, uniqueness with a pair of jeans that everyone kind of wears. Um, and especially if they're jeans of his, that he's covering her unique mermaidness. Right. Like that's kind of always. And then um, I really, I love the, um, you know, when she talks about, <clears throat> you found a girl who thinks really deep thoughts. Uh, what's so amazing about really deep right. thoughts. And then that she gets to the uh, boy, you best pray that I bleed real soon. Yes. Which to me, I, I don't know, maybe I'm kind of grasping, but uh, it feels very unwanted pregnancy. This, this yes. like she's stuck with a guy because, and then, so when I see the screaming in a paper cup, uh, that to me seems like she's taking a pregnancy test. Like that's what it's like the paper cup that, you know, you have to, take your test in. <laughs> right. um, so that to me, uh, I don't know. That's what I've kind of always seen it is like, you know, she's kind of stuck with this guy and, you know, he's abusive and she wants to get away from him. But, you know, now there, there might be this, this pregnancy. And, and right. again, I might be just kind of, I've never heard Tori say that, but that's right. just me kind of figuring out maybe what it means, at least to me and but my favorite uh line in the whole thing is your eyes focus on my funny lip shape yes i love that line and just kind of the i don't know picturing that that you know this person that you love is like if you're always sensitive about a certain body part and the person (laughs) is like fixated on your funny lip shape it just makes you like oh i'm so self-conscious and he keeps looking at this part of me that is funny or is bad in some way so but yeah. yes, this was the song that that uh, that hooked me as well. So yeah, right, right. <laughs> we have that in common. Yeah, it's, I just well, it's like she calls him the Antichrist. You know, I got the Antichrist in the kitchen yelling at me again, and which is just like holy crap, that's kind of harsh. And then, <laughs> and right. then uh, the funny lip shape. It's like it, to me, it seems like he's just looking at her lips but not listening. You know, right? like, yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of I'm focusing on that. You know, like I'm paying attention, but not really. So that's, right. that's what it went with me. But yeah, that's interesting. I've never thought of it that way. But yeah, that's a good yeah, point. Because, but, you know, sometimes when you're just like listening to somebody, but not really just kind of, I'm gonna kind focus of, on something and right. feel like I'm trying to listen, you know, and that's what it <laughs> kind of came to me. Like he doesn't care. So he's just going to stare at her. And, you know, so that's what I got from that one. Okay. Okay. And uh, interesting. Um, but yeah, this was, this song was actually used by uh, Rain um, in a national promotion. So uh you know, which was pretty awesome as well. Right. So great. It, by far, that, uh, my favorite song on the record by far. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Precious Things. Um, man, great opening on this. You know, the piano, actually, the every instrument in this song makes me anxious. Um, <laughs> the, the frantic piano, 
the drums are thumping like a heart racing. Right. And there's that one guitar riff. It's so angry. It's just like, oh my. Yes. Everything about this song, lyrics, the instruments, just makes me angry, angry and anxious all at the same time. So, yeah. holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's got that, um, it's got, what do you call it? That piano chord that kind of chases you. Yes. Right? Yes. It sounds like running music. Right. Uh, and then you've and got that. And there's like panting, like running. Yeah. yeah. Right. You've got that, <laughs> the Friday the 13th, like. <laughs> yes. Um, which I, I can't, like, even when I was thinking about it, and it's interesting you say that, because I was about to say, like, that kind of um, constant kind of punctuating rim shot that goes with it. Right. But maybe it's not a rim shot. Maybe it's more like the, which has got Jason as a backup singer. Yeah. Um, yeah, but at the same time, it, it very quickly kind of, um, uh, it sweeps you up. Uh, yes, it sweeps you in, and you can't you can't get away from it. It's not like you can start the song and then go on to something else. You're gonna have to listen all the way through. Yeah, oh yeah. It, it keep it definitely keeps you enthralled the entire time. It does not let go of you. Yeah, sure. this this was a you know as a as an angry teenager. This was one of the songs on the album that uh, you know I'd come home and I'd be mad and I'd go up to my room and turn this on on my stereo and crank the volume. And I'm sure my lovely parents downstairs <laughs> listening to this music that I played as loud as I could get my speakers to play it, uh, especially the line that the so you can make me come that doesn't make you Jesus. Yes. I can't even I, like I think now what my parents must have been thinking <laughs> as they're like, that's my teenage daughter up in her room <laughs> screaming these lyrics yeah. because th- this, th- you know, there's just certain songs on this album that. You know, if you're in a certain mood, like this is my angry song. This okay, is my okay. I'm just pissed at the world. It doesn't even have to be a specific thing. But this song, yeah, you, I can't sing it without it being very, very loud and just like screaming the lyrics because See, this album didn't bother my parents because they're used to me listening to Metallica, Anthrax. Iron <laughs> right? So this right. was they're kind of like. <laughs> What he mellowed out? What's going on? Right, this is a nice change. <laughs> right, he's got some piano. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that yeah. sounds nice. Right. <laughs> no, I love the um, I love uh the, the lyric. I want to smash the faces of the beautiful boys, those Christian boys. I'm like, whoo, that's that's aggressive. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. But I'm like, right. totally, I'm totally into it. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> knock him out. <laughs> so, so it's it's the more I listen to the song, and it's just like you know everything that you've that's been bad that happened to you um yeah you learn from it but you got to let them go you can't hold on to all that anger all that hurt and all those terrible things because it's going to destroy you that's that's what i get out of it you know let them bleed let them wash away um 
but yeah, it's it it's definitely an angry right. song. <laughs> That's interesting because I had never thought about that in that way until just now. But that makes perfect sense. Yeah. See, I like, it was the way that you know because she describes all these horrible things and then she says, you know, let them break, let them wash away. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I get it. You know, that's, it was just kind of yeah. one of those light bulb moments, you know? Right. But so. I mean like that, that, um, that desire sometime to hold on to those kind of toxic feelings. Right. Right. And to be like, no, I'm going to stay pissed about this. I'm going to keep holding on to it because it's mine. And because I needed to get through this. Um, treating it like a, a precious thing, even though that's a total flip on what you would think that would be about that. It's valuable things that it's good right. things that you want to hold on to. Uh, but yeah, it's very, you know, I'll be a one word pony cathartic. But, <laughs> yeah. Good word, it's, though. it's a good word. The, sec- the second time that we've kind of um, come to the point where there's those differences in interpretation, it's very poetic in that way. Where right. uh, there's not just one way to interpret mm-hmm. it. There's different things that you get from it. And for an album like this that came out, how long ago was it? 20 years? 30. 30 years ago. Just had a 30th anniversary. I just sprouted the gray old, hair. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, you but, guys keep uh, saying teenager. I was almost done with college when this came out. So I don't oh, want to okay. <laughs> Gotcha. But um, that it it has a certain meaning for you at different points in your life. Yes. And that you'll listen to the songs for different reasons. Um, you might even skip back to, you know, certain tracks, like skip back five seconds. Cause yeah, that part is speaking to me right now. Right. Uh, which is something that's very different when you're a teenager yeah. or, you know, in love or getting over heartache or going through a tough time. Track number five winter. Um, this is another one, another good one. Uh, to be fair, there's only two songs in the whole record that I'm not a fan of. So, uh, we'll get to those, but this is still a wonderful song. Um, and the best, I, one thing that really sticks out to me is her vocals during the chorus. They are just so, so powerful. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're going to make up your mind, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's something about her voice and those lyrics together. It just, every time that's what I always, you know, remember from this song. I don't remember a lot of the other parts, but that chorus, you know, uh, just gets to me every time yeah well especially while we're talking about the chorus yeah i mean one of the things that echoes in my head when you kind of bring up these songs and what part do you remember um when you're going to make up your mind when you're going to love you as much as i because right. things are going to change so fast there's so much being said in those three little lines yes um, yeah I, I love that part it means means a lot especially with you know relationships to parents yeah i was gonna say this is uh this is one of my favorites from the album okay cool. um which has not always been the case i think when i was younger and first heard this it was probably one of the songs that i was like because it's you know there's kind of a break from we just came from angry and this is sort of slower and cooler and you know um, so I know there were times when I would skip it, but uh, now, so a lot of these songs kind of have, have evolved over the years. And this right, is right. one of those that didn't have meaning to me as the younger person, but now <clears throat> I can't, uh, I can't actually hear the whole song uh, without crying because of the, the relationship with the father and, and my father has since passed away. So, right. you know, early on hearing it, 
the song didn't mean much, but now as an adult uh, and and looking back and also having children of my own and, and thinking about, you know, the um, things are going to change. And, you know, right now they're like, oh, I want to spend time with you. And, and but uh, that won't always be the case. So that uh, and of course, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you've talked about the, um, uh, you know, when you're going to love you as much as I do, but uh, also then the the line the uh you say i i wanted you to be proud i always wanted that myself like that right. kills me every time i hear it just the, right. like oh like it it just but yeah this song um I, again early on probably didn't mean much but now every time it just makes me think of my dad and makes me sad every time punch to the gut now but i have right. to put myself through it it's my it's my therapy is is this song so yeah, yeah. it's a it, favorite yeah you're right it's it's one of those songs that uh and like we've already said a lot of these songs have different meanings as you get older um right, right this one as a parent now has a lot more meaning to me um that uh a few years after this came out um my mom got sick and she passed away so it started to have a little more uh you know weight with me then and then my father passed away so and now that i'm i'm a father and i have a daughter that's 18 and it's like you know all that stuff kind of hits you when you sing yeah. those lyrics because i because i have to sing along because you know even though my voice is terrible by comparison <laughs> awful <laughs> awful uh, and that's why i play the music so loud in the car so i don't want anybody to hear it right <laughs> yeah i don't want to do that to anybody uh but uh yeah it's it's one of those yeah, it's just one of those that you have to, it has a lot more weight now than it did. Right. Say 20, 30 years ago. So, yeah, great song. Great song. Moving on. Okay. So, uh, the sixth track, Happy Phantom. This song, uh, it's, it's a funny song in a way because it's so, <laughs> it has a very upbeat and happy sound, but right. it's not happy <laughs> at <No>. all. <laughs> And I, I love the uh, dichotomy of that, you know, you know, because to me, what it, it after really looking at the lyrics, it sounds like this person wants to be dead because it would be easier because I would I could run naked to the yard and I can you know chase the nuns and I can go see you know watch Confucius do his crossword with a pen and all these other things and right. I can forget about the horrible atrocities that happened at school and I'm like. But it's it sounds so happy, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's it's a very good song. But that was what always strikes me with this song is the lyrics are so dark, but yet the music is so happy, and I and it still works. Yeah. So if I die today, I'll be the happy phantom, and I'll go wearing my naughties like a Jew. They'll be my ticket to the Universal Opera. There's Judy Garland. 
seven little men got up to dance They say Confucius does his crossword with a pen I'm still the angel to a girl who hates to sin Yeah, no, I agree. And and it's uh, um, like where she says the you found a girl you could truly love again. Will you still call for me when she falls asleep or do we soon forget the things we cannot see? Like, yeah, like you said, it, I mean, when you when you read the lyrics, you're like, whoa, wait a second. That's, that's <laughs> yes. pretty dark. But when you're listening, you're just sort of bebop and like, you know, it's a happy song. It's a happy, fun little thing. And then when you like really study the lyrics, you're like, whoa, that's uh that makes me uncomfortable when I read it. <laughs> yes. But yeah. What about you, Scott? Anything to say? Um, <laughs> it's a really random thing. Here's a casual Tory fan. Um, <laughs> there was a, there was a moment when I was listening to it recently and it was kind of like, this kind of has a Halloween vibe to it. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, time is getting closer. Time to be a ghost. Um, you know, obviously that's a very, <laughs> surface level interpretation of it but it does have that kind of like um well here's a weird reference but like um the scene in the first x-men movie um where toad is kind of doing his like happy little jig kind of dance and taunting storm yeah you know what i'm talking about (laughs) yes i feel like toad dancing that way is how you dance to this song (laughs) if you're gonna dance to any tory songs with that like hi kind of like you know (laughs) jig and um but it's another one where it kind of tricks you, and you, it, the, once you kind of get into the lyrics, you're like, "Oh, oh, oh, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, that's not about this at all." Not- but, <laughs> I don't know Halloween, so a casual Tory fan, I love that. Right. <laughs> it's it's still a good song. It's a good song regardless. Um, but yeah, it's one of those that uh, if you're not listening, it's a fun song. If you are paying attention, it's a very dark song. So yeah, depending on your on your level of uh you know paying attention it's a different right. song <laughs> so there you go okay so moving on to one of another one of my favorites uh numbers the track number seven uh china this is a very sad song i really like i just love the lyrics of the voice her voice all the way through it and but one thing i noticed uh recently is the amount of times she uses the word distance in different places um, like in a chorus, obviously you use the same words over and over again, but she doesn't use them in the chorus. You have, um, at the very beginning, you have, I feel the distance getting close. I can feel the distance as you breathe. Um, oh, you just look away in the distance. Funny how the distance learns to grow. I mean, multiple times talking about distance in their relationship and how even that person is right there. You know, she needs an airplane. Uh, you must have got lost in Mexico. Uh, you know, China all the way from New York and all these con- references to distance. Sometimes I think you want me to touch you How can I When you feel the great all around you In your eyes I saw a future together Oh, you 
though she's right there with that person, they, you know, he builds a great wall around, you know, it's just, you know, this has got to be one of the most saddest relationships I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's, it's written so beautifully and sung so beautifully that you don't care. You listen to every word, you hear every note. And as sad as it is, it's one of my favorite songs on the record. Would you like to tell the history of this song? <laughs> so, um, yo, there's. <laughs> it all comes out. Um, story time, story time. <laughs> so, we were in a long distance relationship, Katie and I, for a long time. Yeah, three wow. years. Or... And um, so, this is one that, um, you know, it's a, in that way, it's kind of a, a love song that speaks to that long distance relationship, physical distance. Um, but then, you know, at the time, uh, there's no iPhones, there's no FaceTime, <laughs> there's no quick hop on a plane. Cause we're both college students. Right. Um, I'm here with all these, like, you know, star Wars prepaid phone cards, uh, that I'm <laughs> right. buying. You're paying 10 cents and, a minute oh, to, yeah. right. And then finding out, you know, it's more expensive after you run out of minutes. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> not really. but yeah, like it's, it's. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one that we keep coming back to. Um, there would be times when, um, well, you can talk about that a little bit, but um, if she would play this song, I would be like, I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> first, first few chords. He was like, oh, crap. What did I do? Right, Because there would be times when she right? would put on this song and she'd be like, I want you to really listen to yeah. these lyrics. Really pay attention. And I would already know that she was upset. So I'd be like, okay. And one of these lyrics is the key. Right. It tells you what you did, that you, what you screwed up and, and what to do about it. But it's, it's not an easy fix. It's, you know, uh, it's that refrain that's so powerful. And it's interesting. I, I think I saw something uh, online and kind of looking into this, that the name for the song was almost distance. Yes. But I'm glad that it wasn't because when you name it China, you know, and globally, this varies from, from uh, experience to experience, but here, in Ohio, uh, when the furthest, you know, far away seemed like Eastgate, let alone <laughs> Kenwood Mall. Oh God, pack a lunch. Um, <laughs> Kings Island, pack a cooler. Um, so to have a song named China, it very much seems like impossibly far away. Right. And those moments when she would come back into town or I would come, you know, into town and be leaving. Um, it's like, when you're on vacation and you can feel the end of vacation just right there at the end. And it's kind of waiting for you kind of tapping its watch. Right. So that whole idea of, I can feel a distance getting close. It's kind of like, ugh, we're going to be far apart again. And then you have that kind of emotional distance that goes along with it. Uh, that that's tough to go through, but I don't know. It's kind of like stripes that we've earned. Right. The relationship, right? <laughs> it seems like ages ago. Yeah. But you talk right. Yeah. This song, uh, it's one of my favorites. This and winter are my, my two favorites from, from the whole thing. And, uh, Great. yeah, it has always been, I, I find myself, uh, especially as a younger person, maybe not as much now, but, um, you know, when I'd be feeling a certain emotion, I, I felt like I sometimes just, it was easier for me to communicate through song and for, you know, if we were having a fight or if there was something I was not feeling good about, then I might put on a song to kind of be like, this is what I'm feeling. So right, right, right. it's not an angry song. It's a sad song and you should kind of 
you know, then it kind of gets us on the same page without me having to like talk, which <laughs> is not my favorite thing. So, um, but yeah, for me, this song, uh, it has, it has two meanings really the, um, the China, the, you know, distance, obviously we've been talking about, um, but also like the, the China, um, the, the, the dishes part of it, the preciousness of right. China, the fragileness of China. Um, and my favorite lyric uh, is the, the funny how the cracks don't seem to show, um, right. you know, so like the cracks in our relationship or the, or the cracks in, in literally the plate. So, you know, like it can mean so many different things and, and, um, and just, yeah, that like, sometimes I think you want me to touch you, but you build these walls around yourself or in some cases I'm building the walls around myself right? and we're trying to protect ourselves. We're about to go, you know, I'm going to go back to New York. You're going to be here. And so this song has meant so many different things with like, you know, literally just the distance part she's talking about then the walls emotional part of it. And then this like precious fragility, like we have to, you know, protect our, our relationship that we have in this, um, you know, you, you put out the China when you've company and, and when you want something to be really special. So it was right, like, right. this is our super special thing that we're trying to have together, but there's cracks in it. And, you know, it just, this song has, has meant, a lot through our whole relationship. And I mean, I love the song, I think even before we met, but certainly, you know, once we were together and then far apart while together, uh, it really, it's, it's kind of been our, this was our, our non-traditional wedding song when we wanted this. <laughs> Do you remember the yeah, DJ yeah. was like, wait, what? Oh, what? This is a sad song. Like right. you're sure- you know, oh, normally man, you're in trouble, buddy. I right. don't know what you did. Normally you want this like real lovey. And I was like, you don't understand. This has been our song, even though it's not a traditional, oh, I love you, sappy love song. It's a sad love song. Right. But it has been ours and and I love it. This song puts the hairs on the back of my neck. Like I don't play it as often as I used to. <laughs> this is a good thing or a bad thing. But just make sure you're you. not focusing on our funny lip shape. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. That's funny. <laughs> okay, so let's um let's move on. Uh track number eight, Leather. Now, I like this song. The guitar. Um, it's yeah. so well used. Uh it emphasizes the feeling in the song. Um, and I'll be really honest, I feel kind of dumb because this to the, to me, this song literally is about I think it's about yeah, I don't love you, but I'm gonna have sex with you anyway. You know, go get the leather. We're gonna we're gonna be dirty. That's what I hear. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't <laughs> from this song. And I'm sure there's a lot more in depth to this thing, but man, my you know, my brain just can't figure it out. So to me, it's just it's not the weather, it's not, you know, but go get the leather. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. prove me wrong. Or <laughs> No, I mean, I, I kind of feel the same. Like this was another, like I said earlier uh, about the precious things. This kind of my, when I'm not, you know, when I'm kind of angry, Leather is another song when I'm, you know, just kind of mad. And okay, it, okay. not that it has the same, you know, I don't maybe scream the, these lyrics as it's playing as like I do with the other, but, um, but it does kind of have that same sort of angry and um, I don't know, kind of a, there's like a feminist quality to it or there's kind of a like but yeah and and like you said i mean i don't think that it's necessarily like all about sex but well, no, it definitely 
um, seems to, and, and like the way it opens, it again is a song that I'm sure as I was blasting it upstairs in my room, my parents hearing the first look, I'm standing naked before you, don't you want more than my sex? And me, you know, probably screaming that or almost. <laughs> I'm sure they were just like, oh my, okay. <laughs> what is she listening to? It was one of the songs that I would, a lot of these, I would play over and over and over and over. Right. So again, they probably heard it so many times and said, you know, I can scream as loud as your last one, but I can't claim innocence. Like, right. Hmm, Gee, I wonder what that's about. <laughs> maybe not something you want to hear your teenage daughter <laughs> yelling, but, but yeah, I think the song is fun and just sometimes when I'm angry, it, it, it just, it does the trick. Now, why can't she listen to one of those nice bands with the pentagram on the cover? <laughs> <laughs> That's easy to understand. <laughs> it seemed like nice people. <laughs> it seemed like nice people. Uh, but yeah, this one, this one is interesting because it has that, like you mentioned, the guitar. It's a very cutting guitar. Yes. It's almost like an interruptive guest, right? Uh, like it just kind of like swoops in and meanders out and swoops in and meanders out. So it's a, a very interesting kind of use of that instrument. Um, and uh, the first time that she puts any kind of, um, uh, I don't know how to say it, but the, the lyric where she says, I almost ran over an angel. He had a nice big fat sugar. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like, and then there's another dark line as you're singing along and you're like, fat cigar, you know, that he says, if you jump, you best jump far. Like that to me is like, oh, like, are they talking about jump like in, uh, you know, eliminating yourself or jump? Like, what is this jump? That also kind of makes me like that could mean something really dark or 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 not. It could just be a literally just jump. See, and the whole big fat cigar thing goes back. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Casual Tory fan moment. Uh, That's in that moment. It makes me think of Buster Poindexter in Scrooged. (laughs) That would be an angel with a big fat cigar. (laughs) Here comes Scott right out of left field. All right, exactly. (laughs) Here's even more of a uh, a side note. Uh, David Johansson, you know Buster Poindexter. David Johansson is his real name in the New York Dolls, a punk glam rock band from the early seventies. So go figure that. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, go look that up. Uh, Track number nine, Mother. Now, the longest song on the record, one second shy of seven minutes, which is 
quite long for a pop That's song. Long. Yeah, yes, very long. Um, in fact, the first lyric doesn't even happen until after the first minute's over. So uh, I dig the lyrics. Uh, after multiple times, I probably listened to this record at work 20, 30 times over the last couple weeks. And then the last couple of days with you know, going through the lyrics. And I'm not quite sure what it's about. I feel that it's about the girl with a guy and she's losing herself in that with that person and asking her mom to leave the light on for her so she can remember how to get back to who she was. The reference to the light on. Because she even says, you know, the, the green limousine's here for the redhead. You know, the chariot's here for the redhead being, I would assume it's her. Right, yeah. And then the, you know, I if I get lost, please come get me. Please help me find my way back. That's that's what I get out of this particular song. Mother, the car is here. Somebody leave the light on. Green limousine for the redhead dancing, dancing girl. And when I dance for him, somebody leave the light on. Just in, just in case I like the dancing. I can't remember where I go from. I like that interpretation. Yeah, I like that Never interpretation to too. Me, but yeah. But yeah, I think we should leave it at that. <laughs> Whew, I would say Mike this the is, football. Woo! This is probably my least favorite, which okay. is interesting because as we were kind of talking about like favorite track, least favorite track, I almost kind of hesitate to say that anyone is a least favorite because it's such a personal album. It's kind of like, is that a slight toward her? Because she's saying very, something very personal about this. So right. it's, it's not, you know, a slight against it. Um, it's just if I want to hear the song as a song, if I want to hear the song because I want to, you know, experience something through the lyrics, I'll go chase those down. Um, but it's never this one. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this is not one of my least favorite songs. Okay. <laughs> I, I do like this song. I yeah, I, I was going to say, um, I really, well, one of my favorite lines probably is the circus girl without a safety net. Like, I just, I yeah. like that imagery. But um, just an interesting thing that uh, where she talks about the, um, the uh, tuck your ribbons under uh, the, oh, yeah, the, those yeah, the ribbons soldier. under your helmet. Um, it just kind of makes me think like, you know, obviously this is like a glimpse into the future, but it, uh, it reminds me of the song from the beekeeper about her daughter oh, right. with the, the ribbons undone. So it kind of, is like another, like, you know, young girl ribbons. So I, I like it again, kind of now looking back and, and hearing this song, um, you know, I wouldn't have known it then, but now because she's has, she has that ribbons undone, it kind of has that same sort of like mother daughter sort of, uh, I know I've read online that, um, some people interpret it more as like mother earth, as opposed to like a mother, like, you know, human mother. Maybe, um, yeah. but I, I really like your interpretation. So I think that's, I think that's the best. Let's just say that's well done. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I did something impressive. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. So mark this date. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. It's, the one thing about um, any of her songs, lyrically, they're just always so interesting. 
even if I'm not a big fan of the song, the lyrics for the most part, never disappoint me. Um, even if I don't like the song, I'm kind of like, yeah, but the lyrics are so interesting. <laughs> you know, she, yeah. she just definitely has a way, uh, a way with words. So sometimes there's just great imagery and, you know, I dig her lyrics regardless. Yeah. So, okay. So now uh, we're moving on to one of my two uh, songs that I don't love on the record. Okay. Uh, Tear in Your Hand. Um, yeah, it's it to me, it just kind of feels like an average breakup song. And there's, there's nothing about the song that really stands out to me. And honestly, once I get past Mother, in my brain, there's only me and a gun. And then the other two songs are kind of just there. Yeah, that's and true. So that's just kind of how I feel towards the end of this record. Um, but it's like I said, I don't skip it. I let it play. To me, it just, especially after going through the lyrics again, I'm like, it just sounds like a breakup song. You know, there's not yeah. a lot of, to me, there's not a lot of emotion. Uh, compared to the other songs on the album, this one probably to me has the least amount of uh, personal feeling, you know, emotion. And it's just a breakup song. But I do love the whole tear in your hand, you know, lyric. Right. Like, oh, well. They can't all be winners, I guess. <laughs> but that's just, <laughs> not, that's just my opinion. No, I totally get that. This, Yeah, it kind of, as you get toward the end of the album, uh, except me and a gun, um, right. it does sort of seem a little like, yeah, this, you know, I could skip this one and, it, and I wouldn't be sad about it. But um, I do like the, you know, maybe she's just pieces of me you've never seen or you, you haven't, you know, like you, you haven't seen parts of me yet, or you haven't right. seen me well enough that, you know, you, you think this other person might be something better than what I have to offer. So I do like that. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it is kind of a, I, I like the, the maybe um, that, you know, she keeps repeating this, like maybe, maybe, and then, you know, maybe it's time to say goodbye. Like I, yeah. I do like that. The, yeah. But it's not my favorite, but it's not my least favorite either. It's just yeah. kind of an in-between song. Yeah. Okay, casual Tory fan. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting you to bring it up. Um, <laughs> one of the, the reasons that this one stands out to me uh, is something I didn't learn until later times listening to it. But, um, you know, uh, comics uh, are a big part of my life. And uh, Couldn't figure there's that a lot out. of depth and, and story to <laughs> Surprise. that. Yeah. Look around. Um, but when I uh, found out that she had a uh, friendship, a uh, very close friendship with Neil Gaiman, right. uh, who's most famous for Sandman, obviously. And there's that lyric where she says, if you need me, me and Neil will be hanging out with the Dream Gang. Right. So I listen to this every time and I'm like, ooh, comic reference. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> but even then beyond that, and I guess this is probably a good place to to bring up um, her continued connection with that community. Uh, the fact that um, I think Neil 
based the character Delirium on her, right. uh, or at least that character is inspired by her. Um, and uh, she had a, a, I guess it's like a compilation or kind of an anthology called um, Comic Book Tattoo, I think it is. Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen it. I don't have it, but I've seen it. Yeah. So um, asking various artists and writers to take not a literal interpretation, don't make like a 2D um, uh, music video for these things, but what do they mean to you? Uh, And I think that's great to, again, it's that personal hit, right. To say like, what, what do you get out of these and giving uh, people another way uh, into it? Um, When we were setting up for this podcast, I actually learned that she's got another collaboration coming up uh, yep. benefiting rain which is fantastic uh but i saw it on uh david max um facebook feed uh they're doing another one that's focused specifically on little earthquakes yep. uh, for the anniversary um similar kind of approach and i'll definitely be looking for it um wherever it's available uh hopefully you know you can buy it in some way that has donations going directly to yeah, I, I got an email about it like the day before you reached out to me and uh, from ZZ Comics. And yes, I've already looked at how much the hardback costs to pre-order. So Uh-oh. it's $40 just for the comic by itself hardback. But there is a, a deluxe and a special box set, which are a little out of my price range, but they're super cool. Yeah. So like one of them okay. is limited and signed. and But no, I'll be getting the hardback version of it for thirty nine ninety nine. So there you go. There, there's yeah. a plug. That's- Same here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, very very cool. Yes, and honestly, the whole relationship with Neil Gaiman. You know, I'm just I would just love to sit down and listen to those two talk. I, I won't right, say anything. Yeah. I just want to listen to them talk to each other. Be a fly like, on the wall. Yeah, oh, that yeah. would be hell fun. yeah, hell yeah. I will definitely feel like the dumbest person in the room, but that's oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I won't say anything. I'll just nod. Just uh-huh. keep your mouth oh, shut. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're done with that one, let's move on. Easily uh, the most powerful uh, song on the record, uh, Me and a Gun. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. So uh, I didn't hear this as a single. I did not hear it until I purchased the record. And I remember it came on. And I'm like, there's no music. And I was kind of mm-hmm. sat there kind of dumb for you know, 30 seconds or whatever. And then I started listening. And I'm like, Oh my God, what is she describing? And then I was like, Oh my God, she's describing what I think she's describing. And it was, it was emotional. And, and, and then I found out later that she was writing about a specific, you know, event that happened to her. Right. And then my heart broke. And right. I was like, Oh yeah. my God. And it made this song so much more powerful. And to put yourself out like that, out there in the world this yes. is what i was feeling these are you know funny what goes through your head you know i haven't been barbados so i have to get out of this and you're like yeah that is silly and scary at the same time you know yeah. how she was trying to you know just keep herself you know from falling apart by thinking about things like that was me and a gun and a man on my back and I sang holy, holy as he buttoned down his pants. You can laugh, it's kind of funny. The things you think at times like these, like I haven't seen Barbados, so I must get out of this. 
Yes, I wore a slinky red thing. Does that mean I should spread for you, your friends, your father, Mr. Ed? Was me and a gun and a man on my back, but I haven't seen Barbados, so I must get out of this. And the fact that it's just her voice the entire way through, and it doesn't need anything else—that is just super brave. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Very brave and. Extreme, like it's incredibly powerful. This song, and like you said, it it's it's literally just her, and yeah, it doesn't need anything else. Just her telling this story, and it is heartbreaking. I mean, especially you know, if you love Tori, just thinking about this happening, well, to anyone, but it, it's just uh, it's heartbreaking. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, it's a this song is very difficult for me to listen to, but. I have to listen to it. It's a, right. you, you can't, you can't skip over this one. It's no. it. It's like what made Tori who she is and in, in some ways. And yeah. Yeah. It's definitely one you can't ignore. Um, oh no. no it no. is interesting. Like, you know, um, musically not having a lot in it, a very quiet song, but it's um, it's using that silence. It's using those, you know, um, that lack of instrumentation to call your attention to what's happening in this moment. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that lyric uh, where she says, I haven't seen Barbados, so I must get out of this. Mm-hmm. Incredibly powerful um, and heartbreaking thing to hear somebody go through. Right. Yeah. And just hear like that, uh, that, kind of exhaustive I, I i have to survive this and that just focus on i've never been to barbados and and i so i have to survive this so that you know i can see barbados yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i i love the line the you know carolina where the biscuits soft and sweet right and just knowing that you know being that she was born in north carolina has a very brief uh moment of, of her life in, in the Carolinas. Uh, and then hearing that it, it kind of also, you know, makes you think that maybe in that moment she was trying to pull a memory out of her brain just to kind of, I don't know, uh, sort of, uh, tag out for a minute and right. have let her, her mind drift to something, but it's, uh, yeah, the song is, it's incredible. Yeah. Yes, it is. And you know, the fact that, like I said, just to just to write about that experience and then um i mean she basically without the music uh, around her without any music around her you know like that one song uh, here i stand naked before you she is completely exposed there's nothing right. to hide behind um in the song and holy crap like i said just holy crap <laughs> yeah, and this moment too like when you see her live and she performs this I mean, it's already feeling like a very intimate setting, even though there could be thousands of people around you, but to have it just be her. And it really does feel like you're, she's speaking directly to you. And, and I mean, she, I don't know if she does this song in, in every show, but I've seen her now perform this song twice and both times, just the, the tears down my, even though I've heard the song hundreds of times, 
there's just something so powerful and intimate about that. And, uh, you know, there, there's, um, I, I don't know any women who have not been either directly or indirectly touched by some sort of, uh, you know, sexual abuse or, or violence, or, you know, they have a friend or a, um, you know, family member or someone they know personally. And so this song, I think uh, even more so just makes, I, I, I've never met a woman who can't in some way relate to this and say, wow, that's, you know, it's just amazingly, you know, meaningful and powerful and so incredibly brave of her to not only write this song, put this song on her album, but she sings it live so many times and just keeps putting herself through that over and over and over. And I'm sure she's doing it to say, Hey, anyone out there who's experiencing this or, or needs help with this or whatever, you're not alone. And, you know, here's someone who survived it and is continuing to be able to tell her story and is wildly successful. And maybe you can be too, if you just focus on seeing Barbados then right. maybe you'll get there. It's yeah. It's and every time I hear the song, I, you know, I want to give her a hug. I want to hug my right. wife. I want to hug my daughter, you know, and I don't know if I can handle it live because I'm sure it has a whole different feel to it, you know, because you're actually seeing her say those words. So right. I don't know if I can handle it live. So <clears throat> we'll see. <laughs> we'll I can't see. imagine there's a dry eye in the play. Oh. I mean, I know for myself that it, it's a very emotional song. So yeah. right. usually yeah. then she starts talking right away and kind of, you know, and kind of at least everybody. again, I, yeah. I've only seen her twice. She's probably done this hundreds of times. It might not be the same experience other people have experienced, but um, usually she kind of, you know, maybe that's when she talks about rain or maybe that's when she talks about something and, and, or oftentimes kind of tries to cut through that tension with a like, Ooh, that one was heavy. Right, okay. Right. So let's now do happy <laughs> right. phantom or something, you know, <laughs> 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 right. so yeah. all right. Now I'm exhausted. Let's move on <laughs> to the final right. track on the record. Uh, the title track, little earthquakes. Okay. So this is the other song I don't love. Um, yeah, I me don't, too. Yeah, I don't skip it. Uh, I get the message about you know, you know, she references like you know, basically family members and people like sniping at each other and creating you know, uh, turmoil and arguing with each other, and you know, I I get it, but um, the only part of the song that really does anything for me is in the middle. When she says, I can't reach you, you know, give me life. And there's that almost like that chant. Mm -hmm. um, even that isn't good enough to really make me like the song. Um, it's just one of those. Uh, it's just there, you know, and I'm, I'm you know, like I, said, I don't skip it, but I'm kind of waiting for it to end so I can get back to crucify. And, you know, <laughs> yes, pretty know. much. Yeah. And then, and I feel bad because it's obviously, you know, it's one of those songs. It's obviously means something to her. And, you know, like Scott said, you know, you kind of feel bad for not liking it, but um, I don't hate it. And I, I, I kind of get the point, but uh, to me, it's, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, next, you know. <laughs> So 
I feel the same way. I, I kind of wish that she hadn't ended the album with this song because I do sort of feel like it's like, eh, I could turn it off after. Usually I'm emotionally spent after me and a gun. So I, this song is kind of like, meh, I could skip it. Um, and then, like you said, to then get to crucify and <laughs> kind of build up to anger again. Like we right. got that, that sad out of the way. I do like, though, the, um, the line uh, where she says the way I'm left here silent like when she says, I hate elevator music, the way we fight, the way I'm left here silent. And that yeah. to me is like, I, I love when there's little callbacks to other things. So right. that to me kind of makes me like, oh, like silent all these years, like a connection there to yeah. another song. So I, I do like that kind of that line. But this song, I, I kind of wish was a little more somewhere in the middle. I don't know where else I would put it, but somewhere in the middle or if she had, you know, added one of her, um, you know, other songs to, to yeah. wrap up the album maybe, but um, I feel badly saying that because I, like I said earlier, the songs are all kind of like old friends of mine. So when right. I say like, I don't like you as much, <laughs> but I just like the other ones. more. Right. Yeah. I just like the other songs a little it's, bit more. And... It's just an unfortunate way to finish the record because it's not a strong song. Um, right. So many of the other songs prior to this were so, so good. And we end on this one and it's kind of like, Okay. You know, it, and you can't leave it off because it's the title track. So that's just kind of wrong. Um, right. So, but yeah, I guess you can put it a little earlier. Um, but yeah, after me and a gun, it's like it, you have to have a really killer song to make up for that. And they just didn't. So, right. oh, well, you know, but two out of two out of 12 is pretty good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so how about casual fan? You know, yeah, what do you, think, Scott? you have anything to say about this? Um, that's my favorite. Oh. You guys are passionate. No. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my shallow interpretation is that it's, you know, um, structurally it makes sense to have it last because it feels like it's commenting on um, these, this series of traumatic events. Um, you know, these little earthquakes, here we go again, doesn't take much to rip us into pieces. So it's kind of, to me, kind of, wrapping up the album to say like we've gone the spectrum here from um abuse to rape to uh neglect to um uh religion like we've gone right. on a lot of things here and so kind of summarizing all these things um that happen and at the time it seems like the world is shaking the world is falling apart around you because in the in the moment you're kind of like oh it's the bigger one elizabeth this is like this is it <laughs> um and then it ends and it's just kind of like oh all right well it, it did some damage but it didn't uh it didn't crush me it didn't you know um bury me in it it's just a little uh traumatic event yeah but each one of those piece by piece you know tears your pieces so 
Huh, I like that. All right. Yeah. That's my Cliff Notes version. Well, <laughs> and honestly, that makes a lot of sense. I guess my, because I don't have a, a problem with the lyrics. I think the lyrics are very good. I guess the music to me is where it fumbles. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. maybe they, you know, same lyrics, different music. I'd like a lot more. It's just to me, the music's kind of lacking. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's like Happy Phantom is happy, but yet horrible lyrics, you know, terrible, terrifying lyrics. <laughs> right. And, and this one is, you know, really strong lyrics, but the music to me is just kind of there. And that's kind of why I don't like it, I guess. So, yeah. But oh well, you know, <laughs> the, I, I mean, I, like I said, I don't skip it. I don't hate it. I just, you know, I'll get through it and then Crucify comes back on. So there you go. Right. It doesn't ruin the album for <laughs> no, you. It, it doesn't ruin the album. <laughs> it does not. That's true. So, so it's like when the DJs put on those long songs, that's when they take the bathroom break. <laughs> right. Bathroom right song, this yep. one I can, I can do a couple of these things, then come back. All right. right. You don't have to listen. Right. <laughs> All right, so uh, do we have any final thoughts? Anything we want to say about this, about the songs, the record, uh, you know, relating to you? Any thoughts? Yeah, no, I just uh, I'm really glad that uh, that we that we did this, and 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 uh, you know, going back over Little Earthquakes is you know, it's it's a an album that I um, at some points in my life I, I've listened to you know, days at a time, I I have to listen to it songs on repeat. And then sometimes I might not touch it for a year or so. And and I don't need to have it. And I I like it. Like I said earlier, it's like therapy for me. It just, these songs are old friends. They remind me of, you know, other times in my life that sometimes I might not want to revisit, but you have to. And, and I, I really love it. It's, it's my favorite. I love other albums that she's done since, but none of them will ever will ever replace little earthquakes no matter what it's just yeah it's a callback to a simpler time that i didn't realize <laughs> at the time was simple so right yeah i got you yeah it's uh i remember um after i bought it and i listened to it all the time i used to put it on at night when i go to bed so i was like falling asleep to it and uh you know i was very upset when my ex took it with her <laughs> i'll make you a copy i'm like really um <laughs> And, you know, then, and even still now, it's still one of the most personal albums I've ever heard. It's still, you know, it's right up there. Like, it, I, especially in the late 80s, and early 90s, I was very much into hard rock and heavy metal. And this would be right up there with 90s records like, you know, uh, you know Pearl Jam's 10 and, uh, you know, any of the stuff, I was, you know, Megadeth's, you know, uh, Countdown to Extinction and you know, the black album, it would be right up there with those records that I was listening to at that point. And it's just, it's never gotten old, you know, it's, right. yeah. it's still, it, I don't care when I could put it on. I will still love it. You know, the songs I love and I will listen to it over and over again. And obviously, cause I've owned it five times. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I so think it was at the time too, just, it was really groundbreaking to have yes. someone singing songs like this and, being so honest and open and talking about stuff that was just hard and, you know, maybe not things that, especially that time, maybe we, we just didn't really talk about, I mean, she's talking a lot about sexuality and religion and, and, you know, questioning things that kind of just were were not done. You know, I, I remember more, you'd either have like the, the really angry heavy metal stuff or the really like lovey dovey kind of stuff. And this was not either of those things. It just really, it was just like nothing we'd ever heard. And 
And I, I think it, it, it really was groundbreaking. And, and um, then a lot of artists who've come since, I think have, have tried maybe in some ways to match similar aspects of it. Uh, but there's just, there's never, there's never ever going to be something that will hit quite the same way that this has, especially that it's, you know, from 30 years ago. <laughs> right. That's just crazy. Which is interesting, <laughs> but, like the way that it holds up, like uh, there might be, you know, listeners that are listening in because they, uh, that they have a love for the album. So they kind of want to have that um, experience of saying like, yeah, yeah. Or I've never thought of it that way, but there might be some that are just discovering it now. Right. Um, whether they're older, whether they're parents or whether they're, you know, 17 year olds. Right. That are, uh, you could still be the a, same kind of thing. A right. current teenager find this music and be like, yeah, that's how I feel. And no one <laughs> yeah. else has been able to express it. Like, yes, <laughs> crank that volume up and make your parents clutch their pearls. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Great record. It still holds up. And it, because sometimes when you have a record that's 20, 30, 40 years old, it sounds like it's old, you know, like a put on Saturday night fever and it definitely sounds like it's disco, but uh, you know, there's some stuff from the seventies some rock and you're like, yeah, that sounds like it's from the seventies. Right. Right. This 1992. But if I put it on, it's not like, what are you listening to? It's like, you know, who is that? And why haven't I heard of them yet? So, right. Yeah. It's, it's a timeless record. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. This yeah, was fun so, to talk about. Yeah. Um, th- so thank you, Scott. And thank you, Katie, for joining us for the first time. You were awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me. This was, this has been very fun. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to find a fellow Tory fan because I know we're out here. Yeah. You know, there's people who love her, but sometimes you get, I mean, I don't know. I always feel like I'm like, I like Tori. And then yeah. <laughs> you get someone who's like me too. Or you get someone who's like, oh, she's weird. Why do you like her? <laughs> so <laughs> no. it's nice to be able to talk about her for a little yeah. while. Yeah, I agree. It's like my wife likes her, but not as much as I do. And uh, I have had friends in the past that kind of, well, yeah, she's okay. I'm like, what do you mean? okay, what's wrong with you? <laughs> right, exactly. What is wrong with you? But really listen, she's so right. good. Well, and I had kind of that, I don't know. For some reason, it makes me think of like the speakeasy, you know, like the big slab of a door and that little slit opens up and it's kind of like, what's the password? (laughs) So when you were, when you had talked about like episodes that you're going to do albums, you're going to cover things like that. And uh, you mentioned this one and it was kind of like silent all these years. And it's like, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Right. And it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to find that, but yeah, there's very much like that. Um, uh, that that split of the the fans, where when you find somebody else that uh, that it connects with that much, uh, it's just great to talk about it. Yep. Right. Yep. Well, guys, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. And I want to thank the listeners. Uh, you know, they come back every week and listen to us again and again. So we must be doing something right. Uh, let us know. Give us some feedback, and uh, I will gladly read it any feedback we get on the air and call you out and you know say thank you so there you go and uh so when it comes to listening to your favorite tori amos album or any of your favorite artists uh, just remember physical media is better than streaming we will talk to you guys next week thank you yes i know what you think
think of me, you never should have. This has been the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. Check him out on YouTube and Bandcamp. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are on Twitter and Facebook at DockingBay77 Podcast. Or you can send us an email, DockingBay77Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. So you found a girl who thinks really deep thoughts